Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there anytime, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast if you enjoy films of the 1980s. You can look for the link on that site for Around the World in 80s Movies. I just reached my 100th episode, so 100 films of the 1980s in podcast form that you can check out. Quipster.net is where to go. Today I'm going to be looking at a movie that is out in a limited selection of theaters. If you do have a theater playing this nearby, I do encourage you to go check it out. It is uh, well worth going out of your way to see. It's called The Peanut Butter Falcon. It is a PG-13 rated film. It does have some violence and language. The runtime is a little bit over one hour and 30 minutes, about an hour and 37 minutes, according to IMDb. Others listed as an hour and 32 minutes. Either way, Shia LaBeouf, Zach Gottsagen, and Dakota Johnson are the main players. Supporting roles go to Bruce Dern, John Hawks, Thomas Hayden Church. You also have very small roles for Jake the Snake Roberts, Yellow Wolf, and John Bernthal. Mick Foley is also in this film for you wrestling fans. Tyler Nilsson and Mike Schwartz are the directors and the screenwriters. Now, as far as what the film is about, Zach Gottsagen, he is this young man with Down syndrome. He's also named Zach in the film, although with no C in Zach. Zach is persistently trying to escape from his care facility in order to go meet his idol, this professional wrestler named the Saltwater Redneck that's played by Thomas Hayden Church in an old VHS tape that's decades old. The Saltwater Redneck on the tape talks about his own wrestling school that's out there in Florida. So Zach, he's hoping to fulfill his dream one day of becoming a pro wrestler himself by becoming a student in that wrestling school. Along the way from the shores of North Carolina, Zach ends up meeting a wayward ne'er-do-well named Tyler. Tyler's on the run after practically destroying the business of another local crab fisherman. Meanwhile, there's this woman who works at the care facility named Eleanor. She's tasked with tracking down Zach before he gets himself into further trouble, and that leads to a conflict between Zach's quest to ultimately meet his idol and Tyler's desire to help him while also avoiding his own comeuppance and Eleanor's quest to do what her employers are asking without making things worse for this resident that she cares for so much. Now, I don't normally go into the making of a film on this particular podcast. On the 80s podcast, I talk about that much more from a historical standpoint. But the way that this film came to fruition, I feel, is just as interesting as the film itself. This movie, in essence, is kind of like a Mark Twain story in construction, especially Huckleberry Finn. You'll find some parallels to that kind of raft adventure. It's written and directed by Tyler Nilsson and Mike Schwartz. This represents their first feature film directorial effort for both of them. A lot like the quest among the certain characters to help Zack fulfill his dream of grappling in the ring, the impetus for The Peanut Butter Falcon came from the writer's and director's desire to fulfill Gott Sagan's lifelong desire to be a movie star. The filmmakers had befriended the young actor while they were doing this acting workshop as part of their volunteer work in Santa Monica, California. They found Gott Sagan to have quite a talent. He had been really acting since he was about three years old. They made this short film with him, and that brought out his desire to do more. They ended up committing to make a feature vehicle in which Zach could use that talent. They incorporated a lot of his personality into the main role. 
That included his love of wrestling and some of their anecdotal experiences when they were all together. They knew it would be hard to make a movie on their own with little to no experience. They had little to no money, but they had a few ideas that might work in the end. They had some friends with boats that they could probably use for free. They could film. They felt, at least in North Carolina's Outer Banks, without needing to secure a film permit. In the end, that didn't work out. They ended up filming in Georgia. They had tax advantages there. And the infrastructure is really much more in place for making movies in Georgia. They would end up keeping the scope small and the cast down to a handful of roles, most of them involving Zack and this rogue that they share stories and adventures along the way. They couldn't find any takers, though, for their script. They crafted this trailer to give a better pitch for the kind of film that they were looking to make. One of the writers, Tyler Nielsen, played the role that would end up going to Shia LaBeouf in that trailer. They ended up having a breakthrough. Actor Josh Brolin decided to do something for others as part of this New Year's resolution that he was doing on Instagram, and they sent a direct message to Josh Brolin. They talked about having difficulty making their film. They gave him a script to read, and Brolin liked the idea. Within a few minutes, he said that he was going to do everything he could to help them, and he even liked the script. He agreed to play the Saltwater Redneck whenever the movie was made. In the end, though, he was not able to do that because he had a commitment to appear in Deadpool 2 at the time that they were going to make this film. But due to Brolin giving the project a higher profile and ending up being able to pull some strings, Ben Foster also took an interest in helping out. He was originally cast to play that outlaw, Tyler. The producers of the film, who also worked on Little Miss Sunshine, they ended up securing the ability to shop out for additional talent, and that resulted in a pretty star-studded cast of actors who loved this script, and they also wanted to get involved. Unfortunately, Ben Foster would end up bowing out after his wife would become pregnant. He ended up calling his associate, Shia LaBeouf, as a favor to replace him in the role. Ben Foster had replaced Shia LaBeouf in a role several years before on Broadway uh, in a show called Orphans when LaBeouf had personality conflicts with Alec Baldwin. Based on the concept and who was on board, LaBeouf agreed without the need to actually read the full script, and that extended to the rest of the cast and crew. They all signed on knowing that they would get paid the minimum possible for this. They really were committed to making this reality. LaBeouf ended up spending three weeks working on a crab boat to try to get into the role. During that time, as he was going back and forth, he bonded with Gott Sagan on this lengthy trip to and from the site. LaBeouf would famously get busted during this time for public drunkenness and disorderly conduct while he was in Savannah, Georgia, where the film was shot. And despite that mishap, this sometimes troubled actor, he does credit this experience working with Gott Sagan and on this film for getting him back on the right track, at least in his mind. Ultimately, the theme of the film, which is about how friends are the family that you choose, it ends up shining through. This is a story that hinges on the friendship of this odd couple. They share that friendship eventually on their adventure. They find common bonds, their experiences they can cherish for the rest of their lives. The chemistry would also spill over off the screen, too. The cast and crew would find their own common bonds. LaBeouf and Gottsagen passed the time. They entertained themselves. They had rap battles. They checked out wrestling videos. They improvised their lines that ended up actually in the final cut. And the performances are the real key here to The Peanut Butter Falcon. And a lot is going to be made of Shia LaBeouf's side of things because he's an actor with the most range that is in this film, at least with the role that carries the biggest character arc. He can be brash and edgy in his performances at times, but I do feel that this very much works well for the character of Tyler as he's portrayed in this film. He's a rather unlikable person, at least until you see him through Zack's eyes. 
Dakota Johnson, she doesn't necessarily have a role that stretches her acting talent here. She's a very good actress, but, you know, it's a smaller role. It's more of a supporting role. She's appealing for the limited nature of the character, though, and maybe she's a little bit too good. Maybe it's too sincere. We might feel that she's too good of a person to deserve the ending for her character that she ends up getting. I'm not going to spoil it, though. She seems content with it in the end, though. Many might overlook the central performance by Zach Godsagan with these bigger, higher-profile actors. Maybe because he's someone with Down syndrome portraying someone with Down syndrome. Maybe people will not feel that this is as big of a stretch for him since he's kind of portraying himself. But I will say this. He has the most critical role of the film. Even though it's less flashy than the others, if he at all labored or failed at all to convince us that he is exactly the person that he represents to be, or if he at all looked like he was acting, the entire film would fall apart. So he does a great job here. He isn't just repeating what someone else tells him to say in front of a camera. He's obviously in the moment. He's riffing with Shia to improv some very funny lines, and he comes across as very genuine. So a great performance by God Sagan. I found The Peanut Butter Falcon to be very sweet, a very charming film. It avoids the kind of sugarcoating that might make for a saccharine experience. A lot of Hollywood films, I'm thinking of I Am Sam, dealt with some similar material in certain ways, but it comes across as too phony. I like that it doesn't overly glorify Zach's Down syndrome in the Hollywood way of things. A lot of the storyline is all about how, regardless of whatever may be perceived of his condition, it doesn't really make a lot of difference once you make that emotional or intellectual or spiritual connection with the person with Down syndrome. To an outsider, the Down syndrome is all that they will end up seeing. To an acquaintance, he's known as being special. To someone who befriends him, though, there's nothing at all special about him in the end because they know that he's actually just like everyone else. When Zach continuously tries to tell Tyler that he is a so-called Down syndrome person as a rationale for his actions, Tyler responds, I don't give a you can fill in the blank there. This is a pivotal moment in the relationship that says that Tyler is not doing what he's doing because Zach has Down syndrome, but actually despite it, as much as Zach's behavior may bug Tyler on occasion, there's something much more to him that Tyler does come to know and to like and to appreciate that makes him risk whatever it is to draw out more. And the same can be said in return, because in truth, Tyler is not exactly a good guy in all of his actions. And yet, Zach sees the good within him. It's only when Zach sees that side that Tyler begins to see it in himself, and that makes him turn to be a better person, if only his past will allow him that second chance. And you can say in a certain way, how Tyler feels towards Zach is the same as I feel about the Peanut Butter Falcon as a movie. It's not because it features a Down Syndrome person in a lead role that I feel compelled to treat it as special. It's because it tells a genuinely good story. It has characters that we come to care about and themes that we can all relate to that succeeds in telling in the end. Is it a perfect film? I don't think so. It's not at all. There are elements that might feel contrived or formula in certain respects. There's an element of potential romance that either may not be needed or might have been built up a little bit better for us to feel a stronger connection when it inevitably emerges. However, I do think that it's for these things that we can connect to within those narrative weaknesses that we ultimately like. We enjoy being in the company of the Peanut Butter Falcon more so than for its inability to revolutionize the narrative process of filmmaking. I think you have to be realistic about these films. They are trying to make a compelling story and to do something a little bit smaller here, and I do think they succeed brilliantly. This is a gentle and kind and strong and resolved 
and very likable film, just like the main character. It treats the fine narrative line between the literal and the fantastic in a way that doesn't break its spell, and that's a sign of quality filmmakers. Despite this being their first effort, it really feels assured. The film earns its sentimentality without being overly sentimental, and once it's all done, I think it offers much more to think about than just as a feel-good experience. Whether due to a genetic condition, or a few bad paths that were taken, or a tragic history, or uh, the pressure to live up to the expectations of others and not succeeding, we all have our issues to wrestle with. But with the help of others, who are also following along the same path, maybe we can overcome them together. And that's the best theme. I can think of when drawing out from my experience of watching the peanut butter falcon so the peanut butter falcon i do highly recommend i'm going to give it three and a half stars out of four three and a half stars on my scale means that i do think it is a good film and worth going out of your way to see if any of this sounds of appeal to you in fact there are very few people i wouldn't recommend this film to this is just one of those kinds of movies that i think a lot of people will find a lot to like within and enjoy the experience. So three and a half stars out of four for The Peanut Butter Falcon. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you've seen The Peanut Butter Falcon and you have your own thoughts, I do encourage you to reach out to me and let me know what you think. Whether you agree, whether you disagree, you can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening and enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies.